0: You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. one 800 060896 or visit horseandhound.com.au Aussie
1: Playboy Yambakian's flat then Jellaby Dynamite Sturmy Ups run a race Better Eclipse comes to the outside a long way off Now though who turns into the straight nicely clear of Aussie Playboy Yambakian and then Sturmy Ups Better Eclipse runs on with Captain Belisario but it's all Now. nicely clear a good battle the Miners Better Eclipse is charging up to grab second on the line I think act yeah, winning. one winning and his most recent start of course prior to that he was placed as one of the major fancies in the inner dominion final chris barsby is joining us that horse runs of course at a, a strong meeting tomorrow night chris at melton good morning
0: yes yeah, steve good morning to you good morning everyone what about this for a stat i think there's 37 horses by emma stewart heading to that meeting there tomorrow night
1: and i bet most of them are.
0: 37
1: hmm, and i bet a lot of them their races they're in well certainly got a strangleholds on the market a lot of them
0: yeah, absolutely. Obviously, there's going to be multiple runners in, in most races, given those numbers. But that, that's just extraordinary. You, you think about the logistics involved, getting the horses there, all the gear, all the staff, all the drivers sorted. That's a uh, that's a busy night, mm. no question about that.
1: Chris, that horse you made reference to uh, earlier this week that trialled brilliantly at Albion Park Tuesday, sure thing captain, a youngster. I did yep. text and Price subsequent to your our conversation and the horse is going to run Tuesday uh the 27th so tuesday chris that horse will make its debut sure thing captain
0: well we look forward to seeing him because uh, as i said steve uh, that trial was probably as good as you'd like to see from a horse I, when they i just realized she's because...
1: on the phone my apologies <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know you had it lined up so there you go i'm texting it. i'm going well
0: yeah. well she can tell it no in on tuesday shannon good morning
2: good morning chris
0: so he steps out on tuesday
2: Fingers crossed, I've nominated him and there were seven in the noms. So it's just, yeah, you've just got to wait for the race to get off the ground.
0: Okay. Now with that trial on Tuesday, uh, we replayed the concluding stages the other day, but did he go above expectations with what he delivered? Or was that what you were looking for and hoping for on Tuesday?
2: Um, Well, there's two two ways to look at it. Uh, When he was in the free-for-all trial, we said, oh, you know, poor horse two-year-old having his first ever trial it's only had one education having to go against the free for all of they're probably going to go 55 or 56 and he'd only had the one education where he went to seven so we're like oh you know he can just do his own thing and there was another two year old in there and we thought oh well we'll just follow it around and and you know run with it and uh yeah at the 600 he was still traveling and i thought oh this was going okay so uh yeah, and then he just pulled out and went past them. So it was a bit of a bit of a surprise to beat them. But yeah,
1: Shannon, how much gate speed do you think the horse has got? Watching that trial now, uh, obviously the horse was taken off the arm. Um, but if if it was a little let run early, how much speed do you think the horse has got? This uh, sure thing, Captain.
2: Um, good question. I'll have to ask the horse that because <laughs> he's yeah, we don't know yet. He's just yeah, as I said, he's only ever. Had, seen the mobile and had one education and then fronted up on Tuesday for his his actual trial. Um, and yeah, to do what he did, yeah, we're still learning and so is he. So uh, how much goats that he's got, I don't know just yet.
0: Is that unlike you normally, uh, Shannon? Because normally you're very uh, tedious, meticulous with your programming. So only one education and then straight into a trial. Normally you like to give them a good foundation so they're they're you know full-blown racehorses by the time they get to the track so is that a little bit different only one education before a trial
2: we have done it before it just depends on the horse itself um you know how they handle getting up on the mobile and you know the day out and everything and the first time we took him to the educations the week before he actually went to sleep at the races and Yeah, just got up on the gate and handled everything good. And we said, oh, we've got three. We'll put one in the trials and he's the most advanced. We'll put him in and educate the other two. So um, he ended up trialing and, yeah, just went way beyond what we thought he'd go. Um, You know, we know he's got a motor, but, yeah, usually we we do give him two educations and then a trial. But uh, he sort of, yeah, he showed on Tuesday he goes a bit better than, like a bit smarter than the average, you know, other ones that we've sort of fronted up with.
0: Adam Sanderson drove him in the education. He drove him in the trial. What's the feedback been from Adam?
2: Uh, Well, Adam's actually going away on Thursday for a week back to New Zealand for Christmas. And the first thing he said when he got off the track, you're not racing this horse while I'm away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I said, that good. I said, I had to spend a bit of money to to, to get a good one for you to drive. (laughs) How much was the horse, Shannon? Ah, uh, he was a hundred thousand at Nutrient Sale last year.
1: Yeah, okay. And tell us about that process. What really stood out about this particular horse?
2: Um, well, I went down there for the first ever Nutrient Sale just to have a look and, you know, get the gist of it. And I saw the catalogue was good, and I went through and selected all the ones that I liked. And I think there was you know, probably probably had twenty or thirty to look at. So there's always always a busy time and. Uh, went down the day before and i had a good friend of mine janice bryant um she does chiropractic work on the horses for me and she came to the sales and uh, yeah we went around with just tubs and, and greg sugars and that and amy and had a bit of a laugh and that and i singled out a couple and uh, both of them were Loriston and bloodstock horses and both of them were captain treacherous and Janice actually persuaded me. She said, oh, she said, this one, which is the one that I bought, is actually more of a, a two-year-old than the other one. It was a lot bigger horse. The other horse, I just can't think of his name. He's got a hammer in his name. He's had about three or four starts and won a few of them. Um, he's He was a lot bigger horse. I think he's out of that make-mind Cullen family. Anyway, so I went with this one because he was a little bit, you know, more um, fine-legged than that, like a more of a racehorse. And... Uh, Left him down there to get broken in with his friend. And, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a long, tedious process because he was a bit of a headache. And um, a What happened
0: there? Expand on that. I'm keen to find out more here because essentially he got broken in twice, I'm led to believe.
2: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, no, he went to the first breaker and uh, it was somebody we'd never used before but were recommended. And he'd actually done um, another one we bought at the same sale, a Trotter, earlier, And uh, then, yeah, he broke him in. And then after a few months, we sort of hadn't had many reports on them. So uh, we moved into our regular breaker down south in um, Goulburn, Sam Hewitt. And uh, he got him and he said he was very spooky and and that. And he he just took his time and basically re-educated him, you know, picking up his feet and just, you know, spending time on him to get him to trust you and that. And then he... um, yeah, just put the mouthing gear back on him and just started from scratch just because it has been quite a few months. So, just to make sure everything was good. And uh, yeah, so he was basically rebroken a second time. And then, yeah, he worked him and uh, he rang us and said, This is the type of horse you want to get out of bed to work. So, we're like, Oh, I must go okay. And then we didn't have any room to fit him in. So, he was just down there in and out of the paddock at Jackie Gibson's place. And then finally, in uh, about July this year, we said, We better get him up because we had room. So, he came up. And he was ready to educate in September, but he um, broke a leg strap on his rug in the paddock and it wrapped around his back leg and actually burnt his fetlock, like gave him a, like a hematoma in the soft tissue. So he had five weeks off with that and then, yeah, that processed back up and he's ready to go now. Was that the sale topper, this horse? On the first day it was, yes. Yeah. Not the second
1: day. Okay. And, gee, the mum could uh, really run, couldn't she? I'm just looking at her record, Shannon. She won 11 from 18. Did she, did she? The dam? musical yeah time.
2: yeah yeah well um Gary and Debbie Quinlan actually who we know had the mayor and they said she was a very good very fast mayor so uh yeah there was she obviously spoke for herself in the APG and then the three-quarter brothers actually ripped that Bernie Hewitt's got and like we followed him closely through his three-year-old campaign because of you know being related to our guy and yeah it's a great family and and that, so they just keep producing. And uh, yeah, I said to myself, I said, I'm going to buy a good one. I, you know, like I'm, I don't want to go there and spend ten and twenty thousand dollars and come home with one that you might fluke. I actually wanted to go there and buy something that was decent. And yeah, when I paid the hundred thousand for him, Bill and Ann Anderson were over the moon with the price they got for him, and I was happy with what I bought. And uh, yeah, so it was just a matter of time getting him to, you know, realise what he could do. He's just been a, you been know, taking a bit of time. Will you take the dollar oh five next week? <laughs> we haven't seen the barrier draw yet.
0: <laughs> At the time of purchase, Rip was unraised. Would I be right in saying that?
2: Uh, he was a two-year-old, and I—I'm not sure. I think he—I think he may have raced. I think he would have had probably one, maybe two starts, because it was April uh, 2021, and I have a feeling he was. Did he go around the Bathurst Gold Crown or APG? It was around that time.
0: Okay.
2: So he he may have raced. And
0: he's now a a dual Group 1 winner. So when you're seeing Rip do what he's done, that just would have only fueled your confidence with your guy, surely.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, when I saw Rip up here in Brisbane for the Winter Carnival, I had a a bit of a look at him walking around. He's quite a large, a large boy. And um, the. Quite tall and, and leggy, but not overly long in the barrel. They're a bit out of proportion, and uh, my guy is exactly the same sort of thing. Like his, um, yeah, legs and quite tall, and and that's a uh, that's another reason why I didn't sort of push him because he's, you know, I like them mentally and physically developed. If you've got a big opinion, I don't want to wreck them too soon.
0: Okay, so there are some similarities in looks between him and Rip.
2: Oh, Rips ripped a lot darker coloured horse, but as far as, like, sort of shape, yes, they're shape, quite yeah. solid, long-legged, tall horses.
1: So, Shannon, if the horse comes out and justifies favouritism and lives up to the hype, sure thing, Captain, next week, what, what could you potentially do? Oh, uh, <laughs> I
2: was speaking to Shane Graham the week before about his uh, yearling that they educated out of Brunswick Gorgeous that he drove, and because uh, I didn't know what time they went or anything, no one had a stopwatch, and I... I said to him, I said your one went good because he's related to speak the truth, and he says, yeah, yeah, he's a nice horse. And I said to, um, I said to Shane, I said, oh, I'm hoping my guy might be a Derby horse next year. So, um, you know, your horse went quite good, running second to him. Anyway, um, I had a look at the programming and that, and um, I put him in on Tuesday. And as uh, I'm under strict instructions from Adam, don't race him while he's away. There was a twenty thousand dollar race next Saturday night but I'll bypass that just so he can win a two-year-old. And then there's a Simpson Memorial down at Menangle in the end of January. If he keeps shaping up and goes like what we think he can, I'll take him down there and just race him down there and see if he may be able to squeeze into a doobie hit or something like that.
0: Okay. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. You just mentioned another horse's name there, Speak the Truth. This is a horse that I've got any amount of time for. He's blessed with great ability, but... He uh, had that little injury set back, which ruled him out of the carnival earlier this year. Is there any update on Speak the
2: Truth? <laughs> Speak the headache, you mean? <laughs> right, <not> again. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's he's back. Um, yeah. Now the hoof's growing down really good. You can't see, um, but he's had the issue. It's all it's all growing out. But he he um, had a good spell, and he's back in the water walking now. He's put on way too much weight, so he's in there trying to get some weight off him and. Uh, yeah, he'll be back. Um, we'll just take our time working him up because he's got uh, the winter carnival, breeders' triad, winter carnival, maybe the um, Eureka later on in the year. So we'll just uh, yeah take our time getting him up because, as I said, he's quite a, a solid boy now. So he's, um, it's yeah, a hot he's crop though, working. isn't it? That
0: 3 year old crop.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's going to be a uh, <laughs> a good um, yeah good test because, like, yeah, we saw it leap to fame. Did some of them down there. So, you know, you would sort of say he's the benchmark and I'm lucky enough that he's in our backyard. But, you know, if my guy can keep up with him, it gives me a bit of an idea, of, you know, where we should aim for with him. But you do
0: like this horse, don't you? You rate him really highly.
2: Um, without being too forward, yes, he's a, he's a, he's a very good horse. Um, we haven't seen the best of him yet. He's, his last run was one of his good runs. Of one of his better runs but he's very um you know same again we don't punish them too much early um we like to save them for you know the, the big dance and that so teach them to race and be a real race before you you know you go tackle the big boys but yeah he'll he'll get there
0: okay i know it is christmas time but it really is christmas time for you because all the catalogs are starting to be uh sent out in the mail so your letterbox is starting to get filled up with these uh catalogs whether it be here there or anywhere so you love this time of year when you start scouting you know potential buys at the sales uh, in the next couple of months
2: well, we've got six of our own so i've probably been put on limitations of buying any at all <laughs> but i've actually got one in the apg sale down there at um, our gold coast in the end of january a better's delight philly um we yeah, as I said, we've got six, and I'm like, um, we probably need to reduce some of those numbers down. So it was mini money money, Moe. Um, you know, I've got a, an Aunt Major filly out of Bed America, so she wasn't going in the sales. Um, I've got two colts out of Better Promise and Better Than Special, so, again, didn't want to put them in the sale. A half-sister to some moment somewhere. Couldn't put her in the sale because it's the only filly I've got out of the mare. And then that left... Um, facility that I put in the sale so I guess she just lucked out as, as the only one that I could put in there so you know she is for genuine sale for the right price but yeah as far as I haven't I've only got one catalogue so far and that's the New Zealand one I'm still waiting on all the others to come but it yeah, occupies many an hour to read them
1: Shannon obviously we're keen to ask you about Norwell Uh, that's going to be a big game-changer for your stable isn't it given where you are located and obviously it cuts out a lot of enormous amount of travel time for you just tell us about that and where you're located with the view to the proposed Norwell track in a few years time.
2: Um, I I think we drove past the site last week I think we clocked it at about six minutes so it's going to be nice and handy and traffic shouldn't be too bad Um, Yeah, traffic will be good once they put the Coomera connector road in from the north of the Gold Coast connecting up with around the Ipswich motorway. There basically will be no traffic lights for just about anybody going to the track. Um, You know, you should be able to hop straight off the the motorway into the car park basically. So it's it's going to be an easy drive for everybody in South East Queensland. It's going to be very exciting when it goes up. Uh, They're looking at doing something that's, you know, not been seen before um utilizing the uh the area you know what's around here and that to um you know its fullest advantage so it can be a uh, multifunctional complex that's not just for horse racing so we can um you know if we can make it something that can earn the industry money you know through other avenues then obviously that's a good thing because it's an increase in prize money for everybody so you know time will tell but you know, there's going to be more announcements rolling through, you know, every so often about what's happening and, you know, industry meetings about you know, getting everyone's opinion on the entire place. So, the whole, it's you know, it's our future and everybody gets a say of what's going to happen. So it's going to be quite an exciting um,
1: time for everybody. Oh, it certainly is. Just in regards to the area when heavy rain hits that area, and you know it so well. It's all full of cane fields there. Uh, what would it be like if we got torrential rain for a couple of weeks in that particular region?
2: Well, last, actually earlier in this year, I had just over two metres of rain in the first, like, February, March of the month of the year. And, uh, you know, it just, it, the, the flooding came up. I could, didn't, didn't miss working the horses a single day and it went back down again. Um, it drained quite quick because of all the canals around here. So um, if they have a good surface on the track, it'll withstand any amount of rain you want. As far as that goes, um, obviously, you know, you've got to put a good foundation down onto the the ground because it is a a clay soil. And when we built our track here, we actually um, put down road base first and then put down crusher dust and then we've got the sand on top. So it's like our tracks like really, really solid and it has not shifted or, or or sunken one millimetre anywhere. So if they put down that really good foundation, it should be a track that races any time, any day. Um, um, as far as the rains go, we don't get very many storms down here. We will get the the coastal showers, um, and that's that's the more sort of rain. Um, it's not like Brisbane where we get those storms where it doesn't rain at all, and then it just storms and you lose your, your meetings. This is more of a um, a steady rainfall. So as far as that goes, it's a um, yeah. As I said, I've coped. Like I haven't lost a single day's work here on my track, and it won't it won't have it won't have as good a surface as what the racetrack has, so it shouldn't be a problem. All the rain.
0: What size track would you like to see built there?
2: Um, I've been asked this question once before, and my opinion is I don't believe the radius of the corners should be any greater. Because the more time you spend going around a corner, the harder it is for horses, wider and wider on the track. And it also slows them down going around a corner than in a straight line. I believe 1,100, 1,200 would be satisfactory. But add the size from Albion Park size, the extra 100 to 200 metres on the track and the length of the straight. Because you see a lot of horses lie down the outside and miss by a metre, two metres, And if they had that extra 50 metres, I think it would add a different result to a lot of races. So my thing is keep the same size radius of the corners, but add the the different size of the track into the straights. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, People are saying all sorts of things as far as, you know, mile 1400, 1200 with a chute, 1000 metres, and then looking at 1000 metres, going back old school way, 10 off the front. Any merit in any of those ideas?
2: Um, as I said, it's going to be something that's probably not been seen before. You know, like we're so set in our ways in Australia where we just have the traditional oval. If you start thinking outside of Australia and go and see the world and what a lot of the European tracks and that do, they use a multi-purpose track where they have a shoot for like a basically one corner, like a 90-degree a corner, um, into the mile racing, um, you know, you you can have if if you build it right the first time and have it as a multifunctional, where you could build the track to have a straight race like they have at Flemington. Like you can have a straight mile race, you can have a chute race with a 45 meter, uh, sorry, a 90 degree one bend. You can also add the oval to it as well to have greater than mile distance racing. So if you do it right, and then you can also have your one and two rows depending on where you start. Like you could have one row in the shoot. Um, if you do it right the first time, providing you know it can be the logistics of it can be done, you could have a three tracks in one to add something that nobody in the world's seen, and that's combining tracks from all around the world into one.
0: Okay. Well, plenty of food for thought. There's no doubt about it. And it's going to be very interesting. I say, Sharon, should put a hard
1: hat on and get a reflective vest and go out there and tell them what yep. to do.
2: <laughs> you yeah, go, no, girl. No, 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 there's plenty of people. There's plenty of people for that. But yeah, it's it's just all ideas. And I mean, you know, we have to think outside the box because. You know, we start we start doing, yeah. following what everyone else has done. I mean, I've been to Manango and race there and seen it live. And from my personal view, I'm, I'm half blind as it is. I can't see where they are. Like when Ben sang won, I had to rely on the five-second delay on the Sky Channel TV to realise that we'd actually won the race. And that's, um, you know, something, again, you know, you want the spectacle. We're, we're at such an advantage at Albion Park where we have the live feed. And I watched the races down the stables on the live feed. So it's it's good... Um, as watching them live. But, um, you know, like we, we, we just, yeah, we need we need to think outside the box and have that, all the different advantages. And yeah, I, that was one thing about the shoots, you know, where is it going to be? How's the start going to be? You know, there's ideas of, you know, the, the drone camera and everything like that. We saw that at Redcliffe last night. That's a you know great initiative here where, you know, if you do have a shoot start, you can have it beamed live TV onto the racetrack and the shoot could be wherever it wanted to be and you can still see the actual start of the race. So there's, you know, the technology in that, as I said, we've just got to be a little bit further forward and create something that everybody looks at and wants to take our ideas.
0: Mm. Be bold, be bold. One final one before I let you go. Will you win the Bred two-year-old Trotting Colts and Geldings final <laughs> next uh, week?
2: Gee, wouldn't that be a dream come true? <laughs> Where
0: did this I'm come not... from? Uh...
2: <laughs> I saw it advertised on the harness trading ring on the computer, and we were actually, Mitchell and I were having a bit of a joke going, Look at these low rated horses, they want so much money for them. And and he said, Look, there's a 40 rater they want $21,000 for. So I looked it up and I said, It's a trotter. I said, No wonder. And it's only two, so it's actually on a good mark. So I looked up its form and I said to Mitchell, I said, This thing ran second in a group one behind the locomotive at its second run. I said, that seems awfully cheap. What would you pay for one from New Zealand that had run second in a group one? I said, it'd be 10 times that. So anyway, I rang the owner and it turned out that the guy that had it, I had actually bought a horse off us previously. So I was having a bit of a chat to him and that and he said he'd take um, less than what the horse was advertised for. So I said, okay, I'll have it vetted and the passes of that, I'll buy it. So we ended up buying it. And as, as I said before, we're good friends with Greg um, Shookers and Jess Tubbs. So I said, if you've got room for a horse, because the Vic bread's coming up, I'll throw it in there and see if it can earn a $1,000 for its transport home. Anyway, it came out and won the heat, and I looked at the final and that, and I thought, this horse is probably a chance. So I'm like, I might jump on a plane and go down and watch him, but then I'm thinking I'm probably going to be a jinx, so I, I should not. But, um, yeah, if it came out and won it, it would be a bit of a an amazing story how it's paid for itself, but uh, I didn't tell my mother anything about it because she's not really a fan of the Trotters, and I said to her on Tuesday, I said, I bought you a Christmas present. And she said, what? I said, I bought you a two-year-old trotter. And she nearly fell over. And I said, I I a good daughter? This is your Christmas present. <laughs> and then I said, it's going to be one of the favourites to win a $100,000 race. I'm, I'm the best daughter in the world. Anyway, she didn't agree with me. So if it wins, maybe I might be the best daughter in the world. Well, time will tell. And you
0: don't have to wait all that long. It's only next week, so I know. fingers crossed.
2: <laughs> Hope so. Could be a big week
0: for you. Sure thing, Captain Tuesday. And then, uh, what is it, next Friday or Saturday for that big
2: Saturday, fight? New Year's Eve.
0: Yeah,
2: New Saturday. Year's Eve. Yep. Well, good luck.
1: Thank you. Shannon Price, interesting comments. Chris, Maddie Young's joining us. Maddie, I reckon they just should have... They really backed off the speed there the f- first half last week in that golden nugget. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, hasn't that caused uh, caused a lot of talk? Um, Very good morning to you boys. Yeah, it was... Yeah, I love racing at Gloucester Park when uh, a few people would like to lead. Yeah, we're talking about... unbelievable, though, the
0: speed
3: they went. Yeah, it was. Um, They're good horses, though, Chris. So, um, yeah, I mean, everyone who was involved in that lead time finished back in the field, and... um, Yeah, the times that they ran overall, I think uh, Russell Betts clocks himself running his last 2,400 in uh, 251 and change, and that's just insanity to think that you're getting horses down to nearly 250 for 2,400 metres. It's just unbelievable. Penny Tiger, wasn't it? Yeah, Penny Tiger. Bless him, he's my favourite horse uh, after a few weeks ago, but... Yeah, he led before the winning post, and uh, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot going on about that at this stage, um, including a stewards inquiry. So, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, on my show on Tuesday. We spoke about it was a bit disappointing that they were trying to charge the driver, but we'll probably just let that one go. So hopefully, I don't get a, a Christmas fine.
0: Mm, okay. We've got a a really good card coming through from GP tomorrow night. Ten of the best. Magnificent Storm's back in action. He attacks the free-for-all race. Four, but he's got to overcome a second-row draw. Does he put this field away, or does Diego, a noted leader who's drawn the ace, go all the way?
3: Yeah, look, I I do like Diego. I think uh, looking at the market, he's come up favourite. I was hoping that uh, the way Magnificent Storm has gone his last couple, that that might be uh, the way to go. But, yeah, it's, um, it's a really intriguing race. I think Diego is quite capable of winning this race. But on previous runs, uh, Magnificent Storm, he could sit outside him and beat him, and I wouldn't be overly surprised. So that's the two that I sort of see there, uh, that race. But, yeah, I think I've got a slight leaning towards Diego because he's been drawing poorly and he's been running really well. And as time he drew one, he actually galloped. So hopefully he doesn't do that and we get ourselves a, a fantastic race between those two uh, very talented horses.
0: Yeah. The, the, the Cups as it stands right now, both Fremantle and WA Pacing Cups, they're, they're fairly open and the barrier draws are going to be so crucial, aren't they?
3: Absolutely right. Um, yeah, if Magnificent Storm drew one in the Pacing Cup or Fremantle Cup, I'd say uh, he would win uh, pretty comfortably. Um, so. That's what it sort of comes down to. I think Magnificent Storm holds all the aces in the terms of if he led, I just don't see... He's got the gate speed, he settles, he can run any distance, um, and he's just a beast. So I think if he drew the lead in any of these... I feel like he's going a lot better now than he was 12 months ago um, heading into these races. So I think they had some issues with him last time in, and this time he's looking a lot sharper and a lot better. So, yeah, I think heading towards heading towards this race. Uh, if he drew to lead or if he drew with a hand-up horse inside him, he'd be uh, probably your dollar sixty favourite for those sort of races. Okay.
0: What's the best bet on the program, Matty tomorrow
3: night? Well, after saying all those lovely things about Magnificent Storm, my best bet was going to be Diego, but I thought he's come up a little bit short in the market. So, on a meeting that I found actually really tricky, we're going to go race three at number two, uh, the Kraken, who I think has got the gate speed to lead and the Kraken's been racing uh, pretty well. So I think he'll work to the top and in this field so I think he can get the win. So race three number two, the Kraken for Daniel Costello and Mitch Miller.
0: Okay, race three number two, the Kraken the best bet. And Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Enjoy tomorrow night and we'll chat next week.
3: Cheers boys, Merry Christmas to you both.